So I sent you my um, my draft of my wedding speech. You think it's okay? I think it's fine. I think you worry too much. I think I don't think anyone's expecting too much from the groom speech. Wise words indeed. I think it's just going to be like, yay, I'm married now and everyone will applaud because it's your wedding. They'll applaud everything. Okay, so it's got Mike's blessing. So Mike's blessing, so it should be fine. For whatever that's worth. What else is happening this week? Oh, I want to talk about my first world problem with my headphones. Tell what has happened with your headphones. I updated my phone to iOS 9.3.2 and the volume control of my headphones stopped working. At least I think that's the reason. It's also possible my headphones got wet when I was caught in the rain, but I can't tell because I didn't try using the volume controls until later on in the day after they'd got wet. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being crazy. Maybe I just need to give them some time to dry out. But if it turns out it's iOS 9.3.2, then allow Apple. I mean, I'm buying an Android phone where where the volume controls won't work anyway, as you pointed out. But it's the principle of the thing. How long will you give it? What, 24 hours? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Will you give it 24 hours? Then you'll try to put it in a bag of rice or you're just going to give it 24 hours? I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to try to find someone who's got a phone that's still in iOS 931, but that's probably going to mean no one because who's going to put up with the nagging and cancelling the dialogue box for several months, which is what I was doing. How long has 932 been out for? Like more than a month now. Oh, I think my work phone's also on 932. Yeah, I think everyone's on 932. Anyway, that story was much more boring than I expected. I couldn't summon up the appropriate level of rage because I thought, well, it might be my fault. Maybe they got wet. But it could equally be Apple, because Apple fucking broken all of my fucking charging cables with a bloody... I had to... You know, that's why... I don't know if you noticed, I had a box for a new lightning cable, because my previous lightning cable stopped working when I upgraded my phone. What do you mean it stopped working? So, you know, there's a chip in lightning cables that authenticates it, and it checks the chip, even if you're just charging the phone. So, my previous lightning cable I used to use to charge my phone off the battery doesn't work anymore. Because I upgraded my phone and Apple blacklisted whatever knockoff chip was in there. Oh, you had a knockoff chip. Well, you had, had a knockoff, knock-off cable. Chip. It's a fucking charging cable. It's a fucking charging cable. I don't. I don't need to pay a tax to send electricity through a wire. Come on, come on. It's things like this that make me think I should buy an Android phone. And you know, don't even get me started on Lightning headphones. Fine, fine. <laughs> So, you know, this time next year I'll be complaining about my fucking Nexus phone just crashes all the time. Look forward to it. Yeah, come over, come back over. Come (laughs) back over. I've never had an Android phone. I've always been uh, iOS. I've had an Android phone. It was not a pleasant experience. I'll just buy a brick instead. I'll just buy a brick and imagine. It's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I mean, these days I should probably buy like a bathroom tile. That would be a more appropriate... Yes. Aspect ratio. Great. We should just just start. Okay, fine. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. It's a... A book club for games. Is is it a book club for games? Well, it may not be after this episode. Yeah. So that's why I think we we need to have a talk. We have Sir Michael here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's like in worms. Is that is that worms who do that? It's your yeah. turn. Yes. Hi. And Ting Ting. 
Sir Michael's faithful manservant. Okay, if you're going to be my faithful manservant, I think you only get one ting. Oh, fine. You can just be ting. So what, is it promotion or is it... I think ting ting's only when you're the anthropomorphic panda. Okay, fine. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so we're going to do things a bit differently today. Yes. Well, I think I suggested we should do this a while back and we're finally going to have a retrospective. Yeah, we've threatened this for quite a while. So, if you're not familiar with the term, in, what is it, Agile? Oh, you could do it in a... In, agile yeah. methodology. You can't even BS it to, to, <laughs> to do it, you know, to compare it to how artists have retrospectives. It's not that kind of retrospective, I guess, to be honest. It, well, it is really. I mean, without getting too formulaic about it, we encounter it day to day in the corporate world with like Agile development methodology. So, you would traditionally have a sprint and deliver some code. <laughs> this sounds terrible. It sounds terribly dull already. And uh, and at the end, you'd also have a retrospective where you look back at your previous like cycle and see what went well and what didn't go well. So forgetting all of the BS, really, I think we're just going to think about the podcast episodes that we've had to date and even- think about what went well and what didn't go well, what we liked, what we didn't like. What we want to keep doing. What do we want to stop? Yeah. What what do we want to try, maybe? So I want to start off with my leading point was, I like The Witness. <laughs> I think that's really important. I, I should start off with that one. This surprised me a lot. So, yeah, so we did write up some notes, and I, I know, I <laughs> I saw that you said, liked The Witness. And I was like, wait, what? You liked The Witness? I did not get that impression. I did not get that impression at all from when we talked about it before. I thought that huge suffered through it no looking thinking back i mean i look i looked at all the games i didn't just think oh i like the witness i looked at what we had done since october last year i looked at the games even thought about dishonored metal gear i forgot i forgot we did metal gear i forgot we did metal gear as well yeah so i looked back to the whole thing i thought what did i enjoy the most the fact i discovered the witness was metal gear in the in the secret pre-episodes yeah the the um the genuine lost episodes where we didn't release them yeah Ah, I've forgotten that as well. Yeah, that was good. So I'm glad I discovered The Witness. And that was the whole point for me, I thought, personally, was to play stuff that I would never touch. Hmm. I enjoyed Undertale, which that surprised me, that I would not have discovered that if not for Metacritic. (laughs) And now I've become some mega Undertale fanboy and I've subscribed to all sorts of Undertale fanfiction. (laughs) This is probably giving up too much information. So that's one thing we have like, so the fact we've been playing more games. I say more, different, probably the same amount for me. Okay, so I mean, we're, we're saying things we liked right yep. now. I mean, so so we're going to do liked versus disliked, just to kick things off then. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you, you should go, I'm, my mind's gone blank. What I have liked, the main episodes. Yeah, they, I mean, they actually have been quite... I don't think we expected it when we started, but the... The random chat, I think, actually is is better. Like in the main episodes, when it's more freeform and we just say often total BS. But I actually think it comes out quite well. But I'm worried. Even when we were listening back to ourselves, it's like you know when people are high and they think, "Oh, they're the funniest people in the world." Yeah, I don't know if anyone else finds it funny. I don't know. If, I don't know how much context 
uh, or knowledge of us in real life you need for the podcast to actually work. And it's very hard because we don't really get feedback. I mean, download numbers wise, we do have a non-zero number of downloads, but I have no idea who's downloading it. It's not a very big number. It's conceivable that it's only people we know and spam bots. So it's very hard to tell if the podcast is really working, if it's really going anywhere. I don't know if we're really typical Brits. And, you know, even if, we, if, if we're going to categorise ourselves in further, you know, we're, we're BBCs. No, we're, we're almost certainly not typical Brits because then, we're living in Hong Kong as expats, as filthy scumbag expats. You know, but if Harry Hill can find an audience, so can we. <laughs> Harry Hill. That's my belief. What's wrong with Harry Hill? He's a crazy mofo. <laughs> Maybe this is why I like Harry Hill. I think it's just showing that I've got a problem. No, but a lot of people like Harry Hill. But if he can find an audience, so can we. Yeah, I don't know how we are supposed to get the word out. I mean, that's that's another question. Do we want... Is that going to be a goal or... A focus for us. Well, we did off mic talk about whether we want to keep doing the podcast or not. And I think motivations wise, you were saying it's good to have a reason to get together. It's good to have a reason to play games. Otherwise, we'll probably not. I think I admitted to you my ambition to become a minor internet celebrity. <laughs> and so I have an excuse to go to um, PAX and E3. <laughs> Well, at some point, no one will go to E3 except for you, so you're going you know, to be easy at some point. I'll get the Zelda booth all to myself. So I think we did say we still like doing the podcast. Yes, I fear for your the workload that you have, and I do fear it. Yeah, I think I do dislike editing the podcast. I managed to speed it up dramatically compared to the first few episodes we did so i finally managed to streamline a lot of the workflow and the audio quality stuff so that it's done by scripts but it still takes a long time it still takes essentially twice as long at least twice as long as the podcast is in terms of recorded minutes to edit it and go through and cut out coughing and umming and ahhing long pauses so I don't really enjoy editing it that much because it, it just takes such a long, long time. It's... I don't know what else I can do about it, though, other than... I, I mean, I could just be less of a crazy person about it and just leave in a lot more of umming and ahhing. My concern is I've spent time working on projects for myself and they can put get, take you to really dark places... If you don't know why you're doing it, if you can't give a reason why you're doing what you're doing, you can end up in very dark places. I'm not sure what you mean by that. I'm intrigued and terrified. <laughs> it's like, well, there was that time I was drowning kittens and I, I couldn't even remember why I was doing it, but it just was a thing I did. No, I hope not anyway. You know, you're, you're spending like, for instance, for me, I would end up spending Friday nights and Saturday nights working on things. And I thought, is this a really good use of my time? Yeah, I mean, that is the question. Is it a good use of my time? What else should I be doing? 
But then, as I said, I can't account for what I did yesterday. I, I literally cannot account for what I did yesterday. I didn't sleep early. I managed to waste a whole day and I, I just literally cannot tell you what I did. Like my mind is a total blank because it was just such a, a meh day that my brain clearly just didn't bother recording any of it. So it's not as if I've got like this amazing rock and roll lifestyle. Well, actually, I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> I It's more that I probably could be doing better things and I'm just, but then I'm just, I'm just not anyway. I think I just, it's difficult to um, break out of a rut, I think. And certainly for gaming reasons, I think the podcast has been good for that. For the rest of my life reasons, I'm not sure it's been quite so good, but you know that's a that's a different problem really yeah that's a yeah we'll take that offline something else i have liked though is when you go into when you get into a flow when you're able to put together something you know five minutes where you're just talking non-stop and managed, managing to put together some insightful thought on something for instance like no man's sky I remember that one quite clearly. It's funny because that was in the pre-episodes that we never released as well. <laughs> it's so funny that we're going back to all these things and it's like, oh, we didn't release that one. Oh, actually, we didn't release that Gosh. one either. I, it's funny that you mentioned that as well because I I distinctly remember I didn't like my rant about No Man's Sky. I thought it was very undirected and incoherent. Like it didn't, I did not get my point across well, I felt. And that was part of the reasons that I didn't think we should release that episode at the time. I didn't think we were quite there yet. But then make of that what you will. There's a lot of heart in that one. Maybe that's all I needed. Yeah, I got too emotional. I got too emotional. Because we haven't talked about procedural regeneration at all, have we? Have we not? No, we haven't. Not on an episode that we released. I think when, maybe when you're back from your wedding... And we, when we are back from my wedding, when we are our wedding, from, <laughs> it's, it's not our wedding. Uh, when we are back from certain, is it not, is it, you are still, you are certain as well. <laughs> that's a, that's another story. When we are back in August, No Man's Sky will be out. So, I mean, maybe we can take a look at it then. And I can also tell you about my tortuous Minecraft server that I'm going to be, that, well, that I have started. Anyway, that, well, that's a thing for another time as well. Also division update. Will be out in August as well. Uh, so we'll have plenty of things to do. Yes. Plenty of things to do. But, 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 you know, one of the next discussions was what will we do? What might we change? Or do you want to talk about what we didn't like first? I, I feel like we've somehow managed to make this retrospective a total car crash as well, like a rambly mess. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, we're doing, well, okay. So we say we'll start with like versus dislike, and then we're going to do stop, start, continue. Yeah, okay, fine. So really, the dislike is going to just segue straight into the stop, I think. I have one more like here, actually. Okay, fine. I give, think it's really give, important. Give me, your, give me your last like. That you've been so forgiving when I've not completed the game. I, I, I don't know whether you, you're, you're like, it's through gritted teeth, but I'm, I'm thankful. Thank you. So I just thank you. <laughs> this is your way of guilting me into forgiving you, really. Hopefully, yeah. I am... I am slightly sad when you don't finish. I've got to say, I'm a bit sad when you don't finish the game because I feel like we can't really talk about it in the same way. But we're here to listen to what you have to say, not to what I have to say. I understand that you don't have as much time and that you 
it may not be reasonable to finish it in the amount of time you've got. So particularly because we keep picking ridiculously long games, I think the shortest game we've picked is Undertale, isn't it? That was six hours. Everything else has been ridiculously long. I mean, even Bioshock is, I think, 12 hours. That's not ridiculous. And that's the second shortest. Yep. So we're not making it easy to finish these, given limited amounts of time to play. Though, as I also said to you before this podcast, I somehow managed to play 50 hours of Stellaris in a week. You're my hero. But you were playing till 4am. I was playing till 4am. I I don't know what I managed to do. I don't know how I managed to do that week. I don't know how I got through that week at work. No, but I remember the moment when you said, um, but when you're fighting five on five fronts. Yeah, I was fighting on five. It was, I remember I was about to go to sleep at midnight and then the entire galaxy declared war on me. And I was like, I can't go to sleep now. And then I had to personally fight a war on five fronts against the rest of the galaxy. And I won. I was quite chuffed. But you were probably energised by that. <laughs> and then I realised it was 4.30am and I had work the next day. <laughs> Does it matter that people at work may, may listen to this? Oh, I think they already know, unfortunately. I think they already know. So, okay. Disliked and segueing straight into stop. Yes. So. <sighs> I don't like how we do the um, the book club episodes is what I wrote down. Yeah, and I agree with you. I do not think the book club episodes are working at all. I think I said last time that they're kind of both too structured and not structured enough. I couldn't tell you what we should be doing instead, because otherwise we'd be doing it. But I can tell you that I don't think it's working right now. Do you do you enjoy recording them? No, I feel like I feel like they're too dry. And I also never managed to really get my point across in a good way. I feel like it's always, I'm either really labouring the point or I'm just saying a load of guff and it makes no sense. It's really difficult. I think also it's interesting talking to you because it's the same problem of because you haven't finished the game a lot of the time. And I think also people listening may or may not have played the game, if anyone's listening at all. I can't just assume knowledge and so i'm having to do lots of setup of explaining what it's about and it's it's like explaining a joke it's just not fun you know if you had to explain the joke then it wasn't funny and it's like if you had to explain why this bit of the game was clever then wasn't that clever you know it's not like you can go oh yeah that was brilliant you're going but but what does this mean and then what about that because you haven't played the game i feel like it's not really working okay we don't know what will work though I was saying, so the the two other examples of game club podcasts I know of, both of which were helpfully recommended to me by Johnson at Blue Tie Casual on Twitter. There is the Indie Megacast, which is a weekly indie game podcast where they will play a game that one of them chooses, and they won't commit to finishing it. They'll they'll play some completely arbitrary amount. Sometimes they've played like 20 minutes of it. I mean, sometimes I feel like I've played more of the game than them just by watching a Let's Play. And then they'll talk about it the next week. So there's, I think, two or three of them who are regulars and they'll ha- always have at least one guest. I don't really feel like it works very well, though. I- and I think that's one of the things you were suggesting was that we just talk about it like an impressions podcast. But 
I think then will end up being like the indie mega cast, and I don't really feel like that works too well either. But they set themselves up to have something to say, whereas we can just be ludicrous. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they give an opinion, but their opinion is not valid because they just have not played enough of the game, and often their their opinion will have be invalidated by something like thirty minutes into the game. But they only played twenty, so they never got there. I am still listening to them on occasion, but only when it's a game that I've played. I don't feel like they're good for discovering a new game because, having listened to them for the games that where they talk about a game that I've played, I realise that some of the things they say are just wildly inaccurate. Yeah, so uh, that's not helpful at all. Obviously, this is. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm not sure we should do that. The other podcast, which I think does work, but I'm not sure if we could really do it, is Dev Game Club, and this podcast has two game development veterans who have worked on all sorts of games. I mean, and some big games recently. So Fallout 4, Skyrim, Halo 5. And they are playing old games. So they've played System Shock 2, they played Final Fantasy 9, they've played Day of the Tentacle. And they are talking about the game from the perspective of a game developer. Uh, well, they, they have a a more unique perspective because they are both game developers. So they will sometimes talk about QA cycles and how difficult something might have been to write or, oh, I didn't think they were going to do this because it would be too difficult to, to animate, but then they did it anyway. And the relevance of those games to today's games. So how the gaming landscape has changed, how tropes in gaming have changed, gameplay mechanics have changed. You know, this game was the first time that this kind of gameplay mechanic was introduced uh, or this was really revolutionary for its time, but everyone, you know, nowadays is very mundane. I find it's actually a very interesting listen. And the games they've picked have been good and interesting games. They have been classics of the genre or a genre or genre defining. Their podcast is only the book club game, essentially. And they will commit to playing a certain segment of the game before the next podcast. And then they will talk about that section of the game. But I worry that we would not be able to do that because of our schedules. But what about the, you know, quick looks that you see? And, you know, there are impressions videos out there. I mean, I worry that's essentially what the Indie Megacast is doing. And I'm not sure it works. Because when people do it with videos, we just have to set ourselves up like that. And it, we just won't need, we don't need to talk for a full podcast. We don't have to decide now. Let's keep it going. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't decide now. You're right. Oh, I also dislike streaming, but you've said I don't need to do it anymore. Oh, <laughs> streaming. Yeah, I, I think it's funny because you're the one who said you wanted to stream in the first place. You're the one who said you thought we should be streaming. Yeah. And then, You've now decided you actively dislike it. Yeah, because it's a very personal experience, I think, gaming. Yeah, it's strange, because you have been trying to stream, but it, I can tell you really you really dislike it. And you're... It's, it always seems really, really painful watching you stream. It's intensely painful. I don't know what you're worried about, because no one's watching it anyway. 
you're fine when you're just share playing a game just to one person. Yeah. And you engage with them and you'll talk to them. Yeah. But when you're streaming, you either say nothing at all or you just kind of mutter under your breath a stream of nonsense. I think that's that describes me as a person though. You give me one or two people and I'm perfectly happy. Give me a crowd and I'm a wreck. So your uh, groom speech. <laughs> I have to look forward to that then. Should get the video camera out. There will be a video camera there already. It's fine. <laughs> I just have to pretend I'm just talking to one person. Well, I will admit that I've actually found it very difficult streaming as well. Uh, so it's not something that I had previously done either. And you just see other people doing let's plays. You see people streaming and you think, oh, this is just such a piece of piss. I, w- you know, I wish my job was this easy. But then you try and do it and you realise it's very hard to talk to the void. It's really hard to talk to the void. And it's really hard to talk when you think nobody is listening. Because it's not like I'm some mega famous streamer. It's not as if I'm even some minor streamer. I've, there's literally no one watching our stream. There's literally no one watching our stream. And it's really hard to talk when there's no one there. But equally, if you're not talking and you're just playing the game in silence, then why on earth should anyone watch you? So it is really, really tough. I think the only way I was able to make myself talk at all was by imagining I was talking to future Ting. I remember when I was doing the Dark Souls 3 streaming and I was trying to say, oh, well, Ting, this is what, you know, this is how you would do this or like, don't copy me here. But yeah, it's really tough. I will admit it is actually really difficult to do it. I don't have no idea how people get good at it or how they get over the initial hump of nobody watching them to somebody. Because once you've got some people to interact with, I think it's then not so bad. Yes, yeah, that's it, true. It's really tough when there's when there's literally no one there. I can also see why some of these things, they just have, there are two people there. They're talking to each other. Not on streams, but for Let's Plays, for, for instance, or Impressions. We can move on to what we might do next. Wait, actually, keep on streaming. Yes. So you're going to stop doing it? I'd like to, yes. So I'm not sure if I should try and continue doing it. I'm genuinely not sure. I'm not sure we're getting any traction at all. I, I, we're getting even less traction on the streaming than we are on the podcast. So I don't know whether I should do it or not. I mean, I'm still in two minds about it. You should stream when you're playing Minecraft, I think. Because it's just there as an, a nothing thing. Because you'll be talking to someone else anyway. Yeah, maybe that would be interesting to try streaming when I'm playing Minecraft. And there'll be a lot of content there as well. And hey, if you're streaming, I'll watch just to see what kind of... what you're subjecting yourself to. Yeah, okay. So, Because I was obviously thinking I was I was thinking that I should probably try streaming Bioshock if we were going to play that as the book club game. Because even if we're not going to do necessarily the same format, I think we're still planning to finish that one because we've said we're going to do it. Okay, fine. Yeah, let's do that. So I may or may not stream Bioshock. We'll see how I feel. And yeah, maybe I should try streaming Minecraft because I'm going to be playing Feed the Beast Infinity Evolved Expert Skybox. Yeah, you, should, you should put that in the title. <laughs> you should. It's going to be painful. Yeah, it's going to be a fairly involved build. So... You're right, I probably should try streaming that. We'll see how that goes. What did you want to do next? Okay, so we've kind of said we've kind of done the stops as well, because the dislikes yep. basically the things we disliked we're gonna stop. So that leads us with Do you wanna to go to start or do you want to do continue? 
Continue. Okay. So continue. We've said the main apps. Of course. The tweeting. Oh, yes. Okay. We didn't mention this before. But there is some response from the community when we tweet. I think there's, I don't think, <laughs> that's a funny one. I don't think we're getting that much response. I don't think we're getting any kind of personalized response. I think we're getting things from bots. I think we're getting things from randoms. I mean, when you tweet, when you retweet stuff. Yeah, I mean, we are getting, we are, again, it's not zero. I'm not sure it's a huge amount, but we, it is not zero. We definitely are getting some hits on the blog that are coming through Twitter. So, Twitter is literally the only thing where we're getting any kind of traction. I, I, we're definitely not getting any hits on the blog from Twitch, for example. But I can see from the analytics, we do get some through Twitter. Oh, really? Okay. Not many, but non-zero. I can't tell how many of those are da- translating into actual downloads of the podcast. But yes, we probably should continue tweeting. We should probably tweet more. I always feel slightly schizophrenic with the tweeting is the problem because I've got my own Twitter account as well. And it's not as if I really use that much either. So I'm never sure whether I should be tweeting as myself or whether I should be tweeting as Lost Levels Club or whether I need to at mention myself or at mention you. I mean, I'm, I'm having real trouble figuring out how to use the Twitter. I think it has to be whatever you're comfortable with. That's how I feel. That's what you've taught me in the last... 10 minutes. It's funnier that I think I can actually get more traction on my own Twitter account, despite the fact I never really use it. I don't know if it's because you've at mentioned me so many times that now I'm on some analytics radar and I get picked up. But I'm get weirdly getting follows from various different game devs and things on my own personal Twitter. Uh, Lost Levels Club one is getting slightly less love. And I, I don't know whether I need to just... Well, well, we both need to just do more on it. I don't no, know. You just... You're going to just leave Lost Levels Club and become yourself your own entity it's fine that's the plan <laughs> it's like yeah you're holding me back Tim you're holding me back fine it's work then I think we've said fly free <laughs> I, th- I think we've said that we probably should on our own personal Twitters reference the podcast Twitter we should actually say like one half of Lost Levels Club or something yeah the not so important half of Lost Levels Club for myself <laughs> but then I think we said that a few months ago and uh, I personally haven't done it yet so maybe that's something we should start yep and then uh, so the other continues I think what did you have to say really con- they're just more of the same wasn't it it was the pre-chatting we quite liked I think it sets it the tone quite nicely I yeah <laughs> I quite enjoy the pre-chat I think the pre-chat is also some of the funniest stuff that we actually say but Again, I think this is another reason to to think about where we're going with the book club episodes in their current form, because I feel like the pre-chat does not go well with the book club episodes. This is particularly a problem, say, with the Dark Souls 3 one, where we did have some pre-chat, and then we've gone straight from Independence Day into Brexit, into Dark Souls 3. It just, it it feels really odd. And I do think the pre-chat is quite funny. I do think the pre-chat often does work quite well just as a warm-up, just getting us into, like, a bantery mood. So, I agree we should carry on. But then this is another thing that's... Is anyone listening to this? It would be interesting to see if other people think, oh, the pre-chat's just so dull, I don't want to hear about your life. Or the pre-chat's like, the pre-chat's the only thing I listen to, and after 10 minutes I shut off the podcast because the rest of it's guff, and I can get it from IGN. You know, I don't know. How do people feel about it? 
But if you're going to be like a personality, you need to reveal some of that to the people. They need it. They need Sir Michael's personality. I don't know. I could be like Jonathan Blow and just have a fabulous jacket and be an enigma. Well, no, there we. <laughs> we can talk about your jacket in the next episode. <laughs> I'm sadly less fashionable in real life than I am in Dark Souls, so uh, it's not very exciting. We can change that. We can change that. It's like you have the resources. That's <laughs> right. And, and today, it's like, do you like my new jacket? It's like, why are you wearing chainmail in the house? It's like it's just so fabulous. And, and grey skinny jeans. <laughs> I've just said I like it when you talk. I just like to hear your voice. It seems. <laughs> don't don't make this weird, thing. Don't make this weird. Okay, we can move on to what we'll continue to no, what we'll start to do. So you said starting, start, start, start. Potentially starting is like a question mark. So I wanted to put more blog posts up. Originally, in my mind, a lot happens in my mind, I would put more blog posts up. Yeah, so we have the lostlevels.club blog, which is it's actually a Tumblr blog. <laughs> I've just renewed it. We've been doing this for almost a year. I can't believe we're doing this for us. Oh, actually, which reminds me, I need to re- I need to renew my domains as well. Actually, I just got an email about it this morning. Ah, it's also good. renew. Uh, but my, mine, my credit card's about to expire, so I need to uh, I need to update my credit card details. Okay. Otherwise, I'll lose my. Uh, it's the one my personal blog is on. Are you gonna pitch that? No. No, I don't. I, no one needs to see photos of my lunch. But yeah, on the blog content, yeah, I also thought. Well, I wasn't sure whether Tumblr was really the right thing. I think we just did it because it was easy and we've both previously had tumblr blogs before even though tumblr's got a funny reputation actually tumblr's got a really funny reputation and i don't think we actually fit into any of the normal tumblr buckets i weirdly only know about tumblr because notch's original blog was on tumblr and that's why i started using it and then i think well i'm not going to go into the reputation tumblr's got but no let's not I don't think we're planning to change from Tumblr to another provider. So we're, we're not anytime soon going to ditch the blog in its current incarnation, are we? No, but what, what would, what could we put on the blog? Yeah, so I think, I thought we'd post more stuff. I mean, I've occasionally been putting up screenshots and random comments and things, but we could have more long form content. We could have more commentary, opinion pieces, new stuff. It could be more topical. We, we very rarely put anything on there at all. Yeah, I'm too afraid. I don't know what to put there. And again, the Twitter, I mean, we probably should be putting stuff up every day, or at least we could be commenting on stuff on the blog and we can tweet out at the same time. It could even happen automatically. I, I really don't know. There's a lot more we could do with it. It's, I mean, the two, the two ways I could see it go, or the two extremes are, one extreme is obviously, let's not put anything on it at all. You've also got the possibility of writing long-form content. So plugging another person I know in real life, we we could do something like Pixel Grotto is doing, where we're writing long, almost article style. I mean, it's not that long. It's not like a multi-page article, but it's certainly longer than your average Tumblr post of some analysis about games that we've been playing or games we've seen or some comparison between games past and present. I think they did quite a good one on The Witcher versus Quest for Glory. So that's an option. The other option is to do much more throwaway stuff. So just commenting on stuff as it happens. 
I mean, that's if it's really short and throw away, that's more for Twitter, I think. I mean, I think the blog should have slightly more permanence than Twitter. But then how do we stop it from overlapping with the podcast? That was the question I was I had in my mind. We can discuss later. I, I don't think it even matters if it does overlap with the podcast. I think people, in theory, people who look at the blog might not listen to the podcast. And people who listen to the podcast might not read the blog. I mean, they could be two separate things. And they just both feed each other. Okay. You listen to Giant Bomb, but do you read Giant Bomb, for example? Only some of their reviews. And that's what I mean. You don't have to... They don't have to be the same thing. Yes. We can put nonsense top tens on our blog. We can be clickbaity. <laughs> clickbait. Uh, we're I not, do. we're not. I we, do. We might. Sorry, disclaimer. We might. <laughs> we might. We're not. We're not. We, we might. We're not. Yeah, we're doing it next week. It's really funny. Clickbaity stuff. Clickbaity stuff. Everyone complains about clickbaity stuff, but secretly they love it. Otherwise, why would Cracked be so popular? I found out about Reddit as a result of some clickbaity Tumblr blog. There used to be a thing called, was it called like the Daily Internet or something? Some re- There used to be some really dumb Tumblr blog that was just really inane, but really funny. It was just like full of clickbaity stuff. But it was all really good, like really dumb pictures and GIFs and stuff. And one of them was linked to something that eventually led me to Reddit. And that's how I en- ended up discovering Reddit. The actual original Tumblr blog got bought by I Can Has Cheeseburger and became part of their site. And as a result, they stopped updating the Tumblr. And then I just stopped following them. But clickbaity Tumblrs, I think they can do really well. If you go on the Tumblr right now, it's really easy to find all the podcast episodes. If we did make it much more clickbaity, then it would be much harder to actually find the podcast. I think... We might want to think about changing the format of the of the blog or of the like the website theme if we were going to do it. But in theory, we're both devs, so that should be easy, right? I actually did look at the Tumblr theming documentation about what you can and can't do. It's quite flexible. So we could definitely do more with it. Okay. What else was on the list? We wanted to... We just need a database of the topics. That's one for us. Yeah, I think it's funny you're, you're being very cagey about it. So Yeah. I'm trying to make it sound more mainstream. I didn't want to make it sound too process-orientated. It sounds quite dull when you say it like that. I just want a database of topics which we might share with people. Well, I think so. That sounds quite nice. I think you're quite reluctant to share it, which is fine. So I think... We've said we're going to try using Trello. Yes. Which is kind of a... Why on earth is it? Is it kind of like a Kanban board? Sorry, this is getting into project management bullshit. It (laughs) happened. It happened. (laughs) Oh, jeez. This is what my life has become. It's a miracle. I, I don't hate myself more. Basically, somewhere to put the topics that we think we might want to talk about, games we might want to talk about, industry trends we might want to talk about at the moment we're trying to use google docs and my brain but we end up listing a whole bunch of stuff to talk about in a podcast app and often we don't hit all those topics and the ones we didn't hit just kind of fall off into the ether and are never found again so for instance mike has mentioned that we've not talked about procedurally generated games but in my mind we have it's just we've not released that episode so if we had a database or some way to track it then we'd i would know yeah, so 
we're going to try using Trello. We might not stick with Trello. We might go back to bits of paper or tattooing it on Ting's arm and then crossing it out. We'll see what works. At the end of the day, that's what actually really matters. The process is less important than finding something that works. So we're going to try a few things and find one that works. Okay. And lastly, I put down maybe shorter games. (laughs) Yeah. So shorter games. This is an interesting one. Because I was thinking, should we be playing older games? The choices of games that we've been picking, you've been picking them off your Metacritic list. I've been picking them based on whatever I feel like playing next, which is so, it's funny because we've had, well, Undertale's a bit of an outlier because that's, you picked it and it was a brand new game. And I, after seeing it, did want to play it as well. But the rest of the games, You've been picking old stuff and I've been picking new stuff and we've both given no thought at all to the length of the game. (laughs) We've picked 80 hour games and we've picked six hour games and we've given the same amount of time to play through them. Yes. (laughs) And you've said shorter games perhaps, but I'm not sure how this is going to work with your backlog because the remaining games in your backlog are all 20, 30 hours plus. Maybe this is more to do with how we do the book club episodes. It's like a, a lazy answer to it. Just to pick shorter games. Yeah, that's a really lazy answer to it, if I'm honest. I think the choice of games for the book club episode is quite important because I think that might be feeding into why we're having a difficult time with the book club episodes. Because it's as if you try to have a serious film critique podcast but just decided to do adam sandler movies you know this is clearly lost in you from your expression you're just like i don't understand we can critique adam sandler movies we can see every which way they're bad (laughs) i mean too bad i don't understand it's not that i dislike adam sandler movies i like what's it the water boy what's it the wolf boy the wedding singing was okay yeah, you know, Adam Sandler, it's okay. Was it? Oh, you know, let, let's not go into Adam Sandler movies. I prefer we picked Wes Anderson. <laughs> but, sorry, I'm just, no. I was about to go on a massive tangent there. I managed to pull but, myself back over the edge. That would be harder than to critiquing Adam Sandler movies, though. Really? Yes. Why? Because a million other people are doing it better than us. Whereas I can pr- be pretty sure no one's critiquing Adam Sandler like we are. <laughs> Maybe that's a new book club. We just play shit games because no one else is caring about them. That's a, that's actually a very interesting perspective, actually. That's a good point. Thinking about it that way. Because I was thinking, yeah, should we pick really short stuff? Like, should we have picked Frog Fractions as the book club game? Because that's like half an hour. Or like Dr. Langeskov and whatever nonsense the name was you saw me playing the other day. That's yep. like 20 minutes. So, yeah, should we pick really short but interesting stuff versus really, really long stuff. But it's going to be self-serving as well. It's a part, this is for ourselves. But I think that's part of the problem because that's why I was picking things like Fallout 4, Dark Souls 3, because I just wanted to play those games. But I think I, as evidenced by the fact that I managed to play 50 hours of Stellaris and not talk about it on the podcast, I don't have to pick the book club game just because I'm playing a game. 
Okay. Or maybe it's a case you want to talk about it, though. I think I... Well, I think we can't easily talk about it unless you've played it as well. But maybe no. that's not true. Maybe that's not true. That might just be in my head. We can think about it. Um, we can move on. Can we move on? Uh, well, is that it? No. Yeah. Is that it for our retrospective? Is there any more? My retrospective comment is, I don't feel we did this retrospective very well. We can iterate on this. We can, my comment. <laughs> we can iterate on this. I think we should have a facilitator. I think we probably should. Mm, okay, fine. Yeah, let's have a passive-aggressive conversation after this podcast about how this re- retrospective went. <laughs> it went badly. I agree with you. No need for the... <laughs> I, I think also, actually, it will be interesting to see if, if other people manage to listen this long to get some feedback from the outside as well. Even if it's really short, even if it's just, this was shit, or actually, I quite like this, just like a couple of words... Hopefully we should do the whole sandwich, sandwiching. Shit sandwich. <laughs> Say yeah. something good, like I hear Ting's haircut's really nice. Say something bad, like Mike's voice is really annoying. And then say something good, like at least the podcast is over. Um, actually, it's not over. You've still got probably like another half hour to go. Sorry. At least it's free. At least it's free. Yeah. I use it to put my child to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of feedback would would be good it's very hard to talk to the void it would be it's it would be really helpful to get any kind of steer for what people think is working or not working what they like what they don't like yeah and if there's only one person listening then this is a podcast just for you yeah that's right just imagine you've got two people who are just willing to do whatever you say it's like i think the podcast would be much better if you did it wearing funny hats you'd be like well we're here with our clown hats or if you paid some money into this account. <laughs> it's like, well, we're both bankrupt because we sent all our money to... Yeah, within reason. <laughs> we're not that desperate just yet, but maybe try us in six months' time. Can we move on? Yeah, we can move on. Re- to- retrospective, retrospective over. I want to talk about your Oculus. Oh, yeah. How was it? How was the setup? Let's start with that. Mm, it's a funny one, the Oculus. I mean, do you really want me to go into the mechanics of how it was to set it up? It was very straightforward setting it up. It's just plug in a whole bunch of cables. Oh, it wasn't funny then. No, there's no funny anecdotes there. The only weird thing is my machine does not boot up when the Oculus is connected. So you have to unplug it? I actually have to. So I actually, when I'm finished with the Oculus, unplug it. Because if it's plugged in and I turn my machine on, it will not boot. It will not even get past the BIOS. There's clearly something my machine really does not like about the Oculus. It's just taking all the power. I don't know what it could be doing, actually. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. I mean, there is a lot of stuff plugged into my machine, so maybe the Oculus is just the final straw. I mean, I've, I think literally every USB port on my machine has something plugged into it when the Oculus is connected. So there's a lot of stuff connected to my machine. That's the only weird thing. The rest of it, it was very straightforward setting it up, and then putting it on the first time was quite magical. How magical? It's quite spooky because you pull the visor over your head and there's a there's a camera for tracking. And obviously you can see the camera in the real world. And when you put the visor over your head, it's rendering this featureless grey infinity. But the camera is in exactly the same place as in the real world. So you put the visor on and you're moving your head around and you can see this this camera. And you take the visor off and the camera's in exactly the same place. And you put it on and you like you know, crane your neck around or like walk around your desk and look at it and the camera's still staying in exactly the same place. 
as it is in the real world. And there's no perceptible lag. It, it really is. It's really strange. It's like the difference of... It's like how touchscreens used to be a real drag to use. Like you'd be like inelegantly pouring at the screen and be like, this is such a fucking pain, can't I use a keyboard? And then when the iPhone came out, they'd managed to reduce the lag to the point where you felt you were operating a physical thing again. It was very strange, like this whole slight unlock. It happened so smoothly and with no perceptible lag, it felt like you were moving a physical object on the screen. And so that is the major difference between the Oculus Dev Kit 1 that I had and this consumer version. There's now no perceptible lag at all. It's, it is quite magical. The resolution is really not there yet. So it still feels like a very Gen 1 product. When you put it on, you can see the pixels. It's not a convincing representation of reality. But the the frame rate and the tracking is spot on. Is your PC up to the task? So, short answer, yes. It's fine for everything I've tried using it on. Do you get to configure the fidelity? If I had a more powerful PC, I think it probably would look even better because you can over-render an even high resolution for anti-aliasing reasons, and then I think it would look even better. But you're fundamentally limited by the pixel density of the Oculus display itself. So it's still never going to look that good. It's really interesting. I mean, we're having to use still... Well, I do not have the the touch controllers, so I'm still playing with an Xbox One gamepad, which was bundled with the Oculus. And I think that does break a lot of the immersion, but the two best games so far have been ones where you're in a spaceship for me. So there's Eve Valkyrie and Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous in particular, when I finally got it working, which took quite a long time, I think that's the first time I actually said like, wow, out loud. I I put the headset on and it finally worked and put me in the cockpit of the spaceship. And I was just like, whoa. You know, looking around, seeing very convincingly a spaceship around me. And then, you know, looking to my right and having the display pop up and start showing me, you know, like warp coordinates and things, and then piloting the ship out of the space station. I mean, it was really quite incredible, but I don't feel like it's really quite there yet. It's not, it's not a completely magical experience yet. I think, well, I listened recently to an episode of Cortex where they tried out the Oculus with the hand controllers, with the Oculus Touch. And they made a very interesting point about your brain remapping itself. In the same way that you don't really think about driving a car in mechanical terms, like, oh, now I'm going to push the pedal down further. You think, oh, I need to speed up, and your brain will just automatically push down the pedal. You, you know what you want to do, and your brain will just take care of it. You don't think about, say, picking up an orange in terms of moving your hand over there, putting your hand down and closing your fingers. You just pick up an orange. And I had not considered this, but apparently with the touch controllers, your brain very quickly 
adapts to just thinking, oh, the way I pick things up is by pushing this button. And you don't think about pushing the button anymore. It's apparently a really strange experience, but you just become convinced that these are your hands. These virtual hands are your hands. And you just think the way I close my hand is by pushing this button. And you don't think about pushing the button after just literally a few minutes. So I'm really intrigued to try the touch controllers. I mean, I think that the touch controllers are going to be the real game changer. I've actually not used the Oculus very much since getting it. I thought I would use it more, but in the end, I've really not used it very much. But I'm still really curious to try the touch controllers because I think that's going to be the the real step change. Mm -hmm. Has there been anything that's been disappointing? Disappointing? I don't think... No, I don't think there's anything that's been really disappointing. I think I haven't been blown away by it but it's not really disappointment it's just i don't think my expectations were that high to begin with i was very keen to try it but in the end it you know it wasn't a life-changing experience but then i don't think i really expected it to be either so what are you looking forward to trying when you once you the ones are available <laughs> it's really weird i want to try out all the weird experience things they've made so there's Valve Software's The Lab, which is designed to work with the Vive touch controllers, but I think the Oculus ones will work as well. I know Oculus have made this thing called The Playroom, which is kind of their version of The Lab, and I think that should be really interesting to try and play around with as well. It's got lots of touch-oriented demos to show what you could do with the technology. There's also Oculus Medium, which is kind of a 3D sculpting, drawing, creative thing. I think that might be really interesting to try. So, Are you creative? Can you draw? Uh, yeah, can I can sculpt? draw. I can't sculpt, but I'm sure I can learn. I used to be able to draw. I did I did GCSE art. That's not really that advanced, is it? But I used to like to draw and stuff, yeah. It's been a long time. I made the logo for the podcast. Having <laughs> said that, it's not like it's the greatest logo. Nothing wrong with that logo. Yeah, so we'll, we'll look forward to having some... Well, they're due out second half of this year, so hopefully I can order some. They'll probably only send them to England again, but then I'll pick them up at Christmas. So that's my current plan. And for 2017, we'll get some sculptures on the blog. Yes, that's right. Images of sculptures, at least. Images of sculptures, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something rude, but then... <laughs> let's move on. Please. And then random comments. There's some news this week, so I just wanted... I didn't want to miss them for some reason. I was so tied to the news this week. So firstly, it was the System Shock Kickstarter. Which I've backed already. And you've already played some. And I already played some. Yeah, the out... I think I did tweet this. This is one of the things I did tweet. I can't remember if I tweeted it as myself or as the Lost Levels Club thing. I think I tweeted it as Lost Levels Club and then I backed it and tweeted it as myself as well. So, System Shock Kickstarter. I've played System Shock 2... I, funnily enough, haven't played System Shock 1, but I always meant to. I just never quite got around to it, and it was such an arse to play. I think I did try playing it back in the 90s, and I was just confused. It's a very old game, right? It's, yeah, it's like mid-90s. It's a massive re- reimagining remake. Yes, remake is a better word. They're, they're so... Night Dive Studios, who managed to acquire the rights which is itself a really interesting story that you should probably read about rather than me try and tell really badly on the podcast. 
they really did a remastered version of System Shock 1 where they added mouse look, which is kind of shocking if you think it's a 3D game without mouse look. I mean, this is why it was so difficult to play and why I got absolutely nowhere with it when I tried back in the day. So they have kind of brought the control scheme up to modern day standards, but it's still a really difficult game and it's still like 320 by 200 resolution, I think. So they are remaking it. I tried playing the alpha version that they put as part of the Kickstarter and it does look... It's incredible, actually. It's made with Unity. It looks amazing. It makes me feel like such a failure when I think, wow, I've got Unity. I can't make anything that looks even a thousandth as good as this. It looks really good. It's incredible. It looks really, really good. Somehow the the, the style is really good. It looks really good mechanically. Like They've got really good shaders. They've got really good, really good particle work the textures and it just comes together really well it's really impressive and it feels right yeah it's really impressive the demo is literally like 10 minutes long i was really surprised how short the demo was but it works really really well we can move on the next one was the bioshock collection so it's the the original the sequel and bioshock infinite collection on ps4 and Xbox One. I just wanted to say, I just missed it. We just missed it. Shoot. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because I was going to tweet this to you and go, uh, maybe we should have waited to play Bioshock. But then I saw you'd already retweeted it as Lost Levels Club and liked it or something. And I was thinking, did you really like this? Isn't this a, oh, bollocks, we should have waited a couple of months to play Bioshock. So, yeah, I, but I, you seem to be quite okay with it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the PC version of games anyway. It's interesting that they said they're not going to bother remastering Infinite for PC because Infinite already looks <laughs> as good as slash better than current gen consoles in its original release. But Bioshock and Bioshock 2, I don't think they look bad though. I think Bioshock and Bioshock 2 actually still hold up remarkably well. Yeah, they do. What we had next was the delay to return to arkham i have no idea what return to arkham even is just saying oh it's um arkham city and arkham asylum for ps4 and xbox one oh like a remaster yeah and it was meant to come out end of july but they've delayed it indefinitely indefinitely yeah so there's no release date on it is it because they tried to port the PC version of Arkham City and they realised it was a train wreck? Because that would be quite funny. Like, I wonder if the PC version is easier to port to current-gen consoles than the previous console version, for example. But they didn't realise how much of a task it was. Well, because the PC version of Arkham City is a complete car crash. Like, I don't think they ever got it working properly. You needed, like, 16 gigs of RAM, didn't you, to make it run at a reasonable frame rate on a PC? Oh, sorry, maybe it was 12 gigs of RAM. It was still a crazy amount of RAM. It's still way more than any of the current-gen consoles can handle. That would be quite funny if the super-optimised PS3 version, which was fine, but that obviously is designed and optimised to work with a cell... No, wait, what the hell did a PS3 have? Was it a cell processor? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So 
some wacky processor. And then obviously a PS4 is much closer to a PC. So they might have thought, oh, we'll just port the PC version and then realized it's impossible because it just doesn't work. Anyway, there you go. That's my random. That's enough. That's sticking, what I wanted. <laughs> sticking my oar in with absolutely no qualifications or knowledge on the subject. It's like, oh, I bet it's because of this. That's when it's uh, my quotes best. I was going to get it for Arkham City, but I don't know when it's coming out. So who knows? Next up was um, Inside, the new game from Playdead, who originally put together Limbo. Yeah, it's funny because it's not just me. I think quite a few people feel very strongly about Limbo. Or is it just me? I don't know. Limbo, 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 Limbo. Everyone was really hyping about Limbo back when it originally came out. And, you know, they're saying it looks so good. It's going to be really great. So clever. I remember I bought it on release on the Xbox 360. It was like £10. And it's like 90 minutes long. Is that right? Three hours. Three hours. I remember I finished it in one sitting and thought, this is pretty short for £10. But game length doesn't mean anything. Well, I think I've become more more zen about it now. And I think I'm more accustomed to paying £10 for something that lasts 90 minutes. But Or three hours, fine. But at the time I was... I personally did not get it. I did not think it was that clever. I did not think it was that groundbreaking. I did not understand why everyone was saying it was so amazing. If you compare it to, say, Braid, which came out at a not dissimilar time, it's another 2D platformer. Braid is a thousand times cleverer and much better value for money than Limbo. Limbo was a very straightforward platformer with some physics elements thrown in. You know, good art style, arguably. Good art style, yes. You know, throw some shaders on it. But okay, but the most interesting thing is you tried to buy Inside. Yeah, Inside, on the other hand, I am interested in. Inside appears to have a much more interesting premise. I like dystopian (laughs) sci-fi. And I, well, I guess I didn't do too much research about Inside because I didn't want to be spoiled. I have found out a bit more about it since. So I originally thought that it was literally inside, like it's a whole bunch of people who were inside some giant complex and they've never gone outside of it. And there's something funny going on. I've since learned that actually you're playing as some boy who breaks into this complex, but it still, it still looks really interesting. I'm still interested in playing it. Um, and these days I'm okay with paying £10 for something the last 90 minutes, whatever. It's still better value than the cinema. Fine, you're still committed to your decision. You're going to get it. Yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it and play it. Yeah, This one, I didn't really... I wasn't sure about this one. But I wanted to talk about this month's PSN Plus games, but I don't want to make a habit of this. But we can just announce it and then... Let's go with that. I, I know nothing about this. So this is the July PSN Plus games? Yeah, for EU and and NA, I think. Okay, I I know nothing about this, so what are they? So it's Fury, Saints Row, Get Out of Hell. They're the PS4 ones, and then PS3 is Fat Princess. And Call of Juarez, Bound in Blood. And I wanted to, I think it was just like a, a lead on to a bigger conversation for later is do you bother with your PSN Plus games? Obviously, this month, is, I, I would say it's quite been quite poor. I still claim them every month. Get Out of Hell 
is quite good, isn't it? That's Saints Row 4, isn't it? The expansion for that. So that's quite substantial. That's quite substantial. And Saints Row 4, by all accounts, is pretty good. It's not what I expected you to say. But this all makes it interesting. What did you think I was going to say? It's like, oh, it's garbage. Garbage. What more we deserve more for our money? I think it is funny that PSN Plus, they had to make it to begin with because there was no reason to subscribe. I mean, think back to the days of the 360 and the PS3 coming out and you've got Xbox Live and you've got PSN Plus. Xbox Live, you have to pay to play online. I mean, that's garbage. Come on. As a PC owner, you know, that makes me think, why on earth should I pay you for the privilege of playing online? This is total trash. PSN Plus, on the other hand, did the noble thing of saying, oh yeah, you don't need to pay us to play online. That's stupid. But then because it's all locked down, I guess you do need to maintain the online infrastructure. And shockingly the the masses accepted the idea that you should have to pay to play online they were like completely okay with it i guess because not that many people are members of the pc master race and you know if you've only had a console and this is just how it's always been then i guess you're okay with it so personally i was shocked but obviously xbox is onto a winner there and sony needed some kind of ongoing income i guess for their online offering and PlayStation Plus had to offer you reasonably good things. Otherwise, why would you why would you pay for it? Because the other benefits of PlayStation Plus are really not very good. At least, well, they're more relevant now, I think, like cloud saves and so on. Nowadays, that is more relevant. But I think back then, people didn't move around as much. People didn't have multiple consoles anyway that were going to play on and whatever. So... The idea that you might go around to your friend's house and expect your save game just to magically be there, I guess. Stuff like that is less common. So I guess that's why they offered better games to begin with. And then now in the PS4 era, you have to pay Sony for the privilege of uh, playing online, which, you know, I think is a step back for the consumer, but obviously it's good for Sony. And now it's become the norm in the console industry since Microsoft showed no steps of not forcing you to do that for Xbox. And like I said, the consumer public accepted it. They weren't going to rebel and move over to Sony just because of that. So I guess that's why they realised they don't have to offer you anything good. Sad face. Sad face. Yeah, I missed out on all the good games. But they're all on an old console now, which, which you don't really want to care about. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. I think I never really played any of them anyway. I've, my backlog is completely out of control. That, that's what I did yesterday. I claimed all of my humble bundle keys. That's what I did. That probably actually did take multiple hours. I went through my entire humble bundle key backlog and claimed every single one of them on Steam. And it took a long time because Steam actually has some you've claimed too many keys timeout and it goes, you've claimed too many keys. You need to wait. And then I went and played Gungeon for a bit and I came back to it. So I eventually claimed, I think, over 100 games, humble oh. bundle keys that I had just lying around unclaimed and I added them to Steam so I've now got 955 games on Steam I'm still 45 games away from 1000 which is actually still a lot of games it's not it's not so you reckon I'll be there by Christmas hopefully I did buy stuff in the Steam sale more yet more stuff no no not yet more stuff 
for you. Yeah, I managed to. I almost did. I almost did, and then I managed to control myself. Going, Look, I'm, I'm not going to play this. I should not buy this. What What was the candidate? Um, so another Night Dive Studios game. I discovered that, as well as System Shock remastered, they also remastered Strife, the original Strife, which you've never played. Strife is like the original FPS RPG hybrid. So it's based on the Doom engine. So this predates, like... Hmm? You're not playing that. You are not playing that. No, no. You, you knew this. No, no. I played this. I played this when it first came out. I played this yeah. back in the 90s. Okay. And then I saw that they'd remastered it. And I was like, oh, nostalgia. I want to play Strife again. Because no one knows when... I, whenever I bring up Strife, no one knows what on earth I'm talking about. Like, it was a really... It was really not well known. But it's an RPG FPS. It's like... I think it's probably one of the earliest ones i I don't know how early it comes relative to say ultimate underworld but it's certainly an early example of an rpg fps and it's much more fpsy than say ultimate underworld or system shock like you it's like doom you've got to run and gun and circle strafe but there are rpg elements you can buy things from shopkeepers you can have quest lines you can do like a frontal assault or you can sneak in like deus ex style you know there's like air vents and stuff like it's it's seriously seriously ahead of its time it was really good and yet no one knows what i'm talking about when i bring it up which which studio put it together developed I, it i do not remember i think they, they made this one game and then they folded because they thought they were on to a winner they probably were on to a winner yeah they're just too soon like it was, seriously it was like too soon so i i saw that I saw that there was a remastered version of this and it was the equivalent of like two quid and I almost bought it. I might go back and just buy it now. Fucking hell, it's two quid. But you're not going to play it. I'll probably never play it. It's true. On that note. <laughs> on that note, on that waste of our lives. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. You can find us on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. Mike will be on Twitch. <laughs> Sir Mike, sorry. Sir Mike will be on Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. And that's it. Uh-huh. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Wait. Are you, you going to allow this? Allow you all? Allow me? Allow the world? Allow society? I, I don't... You know, I, I don't think you can force it. I don't think you can force it. I think if you, you try and force me to say it, it'll just sound really weird and stilted. I think it sounded... I'm not sure it worked well last time. I haven't even got to editing that bit last time. What you need to do is just pick an entity or a thing or a being or a construct that you're angry against and you don't want and just allow it. <laughs> a construct like capitalism. No, I, I don't really care about capitalism. The, oh dear, sorry, this is getting political. Allow politics. Allow politics, allow Kanban boards, allow project management. Bye. Bye.